trust me the beauty of it is if you mess up or i mess up which always happens it can be edited out oh great so if i say some dumb shit if i say if you say some junk that's like i'm like no it's gotta go Okay. <laughs> you're not gonna tell me though. I'm just gonna listen to it. I was like, oh, yeah, man, you're gonna you be like, it's gonna be something really important too, and like you really wanted people to hear about it. And I'll be like, yeah, it's not on here. And then we yeah, could start like a Twitter bad. beef, and that's how we get publicity. Oh my gosh, yes! And everyone's gonna pick your side because everyone loves you. No, they don't. No, yes, they, they do. No, they don't. I don't know who you know. That's what, that's what we're going to do in the podcast. We're going to say, we're going like, to be like, okay, if you're listening to this, comment on this post and tell us who would you pick in a fight or who would you pick in a Twitter battle, Mario or Avery. They're all going to pick you. They're going to be like, Mario, no doubt. My man. We'll see. We'll I see. could do a poll. I'll do it on my Instagram. I'll be like, do you know this guy? How do you feel about him? He looks like Everyone a douchebag. Everyone would be bag. like, my... He douche. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going to comment, but... <laughs> hey, let's Everyone do it. Everyone else is going to be like... Let's do... Hey, that's Everyone promo else. right there. That's promo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You get uh, Everyone's gonna be like, pictures that's of us in our husband. fighting poses. You know what? Even better. You get a picture and I get a picture. And then I put, like, that little Street Fighter battle uh, selection in there. Like, oh, wins? yeah. I like that. Yeah. Or, like, you holding up a phone and I'm holding up a phone. It's like Twitter battle. Wow. Yep. This is it. Yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, you ready? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Like, all right, Carly. So, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Um, Welcome to another episode of OM. I think we're on episode six now. I can't believe we're out here. Um. I'm here with the wonderful, illustrious Avery Timmons. I don't know what oh, she just hi. said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was the intro. Oh my gosh. But hi. Hi. Uh, what is that word? Illustrious? I'm going to look so dumb now. Yeah. Yeah. Illustrious, Wait, but Wait, no. Underrated. I need a definite. <laughs> you have to define it now. This is like an educational podcast. I mean, sometimes I say words that I don't even mean, but they sound nice, so they go on the show. <laughs> so. But, <laughs> yep. But anyways, we have the wonderful Avery Timmons here, a uh, mental health advocate, aficionado, aspiring neuro, neurologist. I did it right? I did it right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it right. And... Lo and behold, um, Avery, introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Um, wait, I have to give you an intro now. Um, introducing. I don't need one. The host with the mostest, Mario, who is a future ASMR candidate. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, yes, King. Okay, so I have to introduce myself. Um, hi, I'm Avery. My pronouns are she/her/hers. Um, I am a third year at Georgia Tech, barely making it, you know, that average GPA of a 1.7. I'm above it, so we're doing great things. Um, yeah, I want to go to med school after this, so I am preparing. I work at the hospital um, in Atlanta as a scribe. Let's see. I started You Are More because 
I really care about mental health and as an RA I realized like it's so relevant and important to start talking about it and making sure everyone is getting that care they need nobody should be lacking it so that's me so my first question is what is a scribe and what do they do oh okay I guess yeah I should explain that so uh, I am a medical scribe and I work in the ED at Piedmont Hospital Mm -hmm. and a scribe is someone who just like follows the doctor around all day as they see patients and they pretty much document anything that goes on we like we'll hear about those long stories of an elderly person and like all their problems and then we have to like write that all down we have to write down like what the doctor sees like their physical problems Mm -hmm. and then we pretty much create a document that goes to like medical records so it's fun with covid we haven't really been going into the rooms but hey that's all good that's all good and um as i said in previous well i used it in the last episode but that c word you can't rock down here they're gonna censor me what what for using the c word the virus what is that oh <laughs> oh so we have to call it miss rona yeah Ew. i mean i said it in the last one so if they cut it out um you know it is what it is but i don't want to get uh investigated by the the big man up top i mean no harm oh yeah <laughs> but, uh, so with being a scribe, uh, have you gone to like any or seen any surgeries or something? Anything crazy? Oh my gosh, we're not that cool. We don't get to see surgeries. Um, see, I, these are all HIPAA violations, so I can't actually like say any health information. But yes, there are cool stories when we're not on record. No, well. In quotations, when we're not on record, <laughs> I will definitely say some cool stuff about it. But yeah, you'll just have to meet me in person. I might spill the beans on a few things. Oh, now that's making me recall all the sad stories I've heard and like the crazy ones. But I can't tell you. Hey, it's secret. all good. It's all good. But anyways, uh, we just want to learn more about you. Um, you know, you told us a little bit about you are more and what you're trying to do with that as a nonprofit, seeking to help people with uh, mental health issues and if they need any treatment or stuff to give back and allow them to not be financially burdened by that. And uh, I really want to know, was this always something you learned or something you cared about from a young age? And how did that come about? So I would say it's not something I've always cared about from a young age, but it's something that's always been aware, like I've been aware of it, Mm -hmm. because I actually have like one side of my family that has a long history of mental health problems. Like Mm -hmm. I have a great aunt who um, attempt or committed suicide and like left the whole family at the age, the young age of like 20 something. And then I also have a lot of family with like drug addiction like bipolar disorder um like a lot of family in jail from those certain things like drug abuse and like other problems so like growing up um I guess my mom did encourage mental health a lot she was like you have to be aware like you can't do certain things like you should try to like 
abstain from doing certain activities because like we have a family history of addiction and like I don't want you to have to go through those mental health concerns so yes but I would also say like growing up in the town I lived in mental health wasn't really talked about like I wouldn't like I would never had been tested like for anything like now that I was in college um and I was getting older my parents started to realize like mental health was more important and they had my sister go get tested for like mental health stuff um and they found out she had ADHD which makes sense because like there's like certain characteristics in my family like my mom and me that we show it but not like to an extreme um but like we slowly like as time has gone on we've realized like mental health kind of exists in our family but it wasn't really talked about when I was growing up it's more of like we developed and evolved with society to recognize it um what else I would say no in high school it wasn't like a big thing for me to talk about mental health I was probably like an awful person in high school like I just played softball and like went to class and was like a hella nerd um and that was like my entire life I didn't really care I don't want to say I didn't care that much about mental health, but it wasn't something that I focus on as much now. Um, I definitely do remember, though, like, a situation in high school where a girl at my school committed suicide, and that was really hard, like, seeing my friends, because I wasn't close with her, but, like, I had friends who were, and they've, like, done memorials for her every year since. So, like, I think that's cool. Um, But, yeah, no, I didn't think about mental health that much Mm -hmm. so given that like what was you know a 12 13 year old 14 year old avery thinking about like what was on her mind uh one direction i don't know you know it's so bad because you said you said 12 13 year old avery and i literally just like had flashbacks to all my old instagram photos like you know your ipod photos you find yeah of like you from middle school and that was such a rough time. Oh my gosh! I, you know how people do throwback photos on Instagram? Like, I can't. Like, oh, look at my ghoul. I, <laughs> I know. I can't. I can't. People, I would get roasted so hard. Like, I had braces. I wore my hair in a ponytail every day, and it wasn't like a cute ponytail. It was like an awkward link ponytail. Like, it. Oh, it was so bad. And oh, I have. I like was born with this huge gap tooth. Like, Michael Strahan gap tooth. I'm telling you. Like, I still have. I still have a bracket on the back of my teeth because my gap was so big. It, like, I, I don't know what it was, but I have this little, like, piece of flesh that grows between my front teeth, and, like, it causes the gap, and, like, that shit was bad. You could see it sometimes in photos. I don't know. I look like some weird lizard, probably. <laughs> but I was rough. <laughs> I was rough when I was 12 or 13. Um, what did I do? What was the daily life for me? I wasn't a One Direction fan, like, never got into that. I know all the girls are probably going to come for me in the comments, um, but (laughs) I wasn't a One Direction fan. I love Harry Styles now, like, daddy right there, like, Harry Styles is the man. Take my soul now, sir. Um, but no, One Direction wasn't my thing. Who was? Like, who was I a fan of? It's so lame. Every, like, I love Nicki Minaj. That was... The music I listen to every day. If you look at my iPod, the only songs I bought were I like know you had Starship. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, thir- 12, 13 year old Avery. Yeah, I just 
played softball. That was me every weekend. Like, I don't know how many people know about, like, the upper-level softball world. I know everyone knows about baseball for the most part, but, like, softball would be... Well, actually, no. Baseball's freaking lame. Like, they only play three games a day. Softball, you would play anywhere from, like, five to eight games a day. So I would wake up at, like, 5 a.m. in the morning to go to a softball tournament. And this was, like, me from, like, 12 to... 17 this is what I did um but I would wake up like super in the early in the morning drive up to North Georgia to go play like eight games in a day I drive home probably at like 12 a.m 1 a.m and then I have to wake up again on Sunday at 5 a.m to go play more tournaments or more games so was it like a travel team yeah it was okay which is super awesome because being able to play on a travel team like gave me the opportunity to um one like start looking at colleges because unlike baseball um softball you rely on your travel ball tournaments to get showcased like I know for other sports like guy sports often they get recruiters to come to their high school games but for girls like you have to be in tournaments and traveling to get seen by any colleges yeah see what you mean so where all the uh all your games were usually like tournament style like you'd be competing in a tournament of some sort yeah because i was in aau when i was younger and then when i started playing tennis like most of them most of like the private tennis events were all like tournaments and stuff like that i think that's kind of why i left the life because i just wasn't i was just too reserved to actually want to show people that i was competitive i was like Mm. No, I don't want them to see me, like, get angry or something. Like, don't lose your cool, stuff like that. But then once I got into high school, I was like, yo, I mean, I have to take something seriously. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the closest it ever got. You were just like, oh, yeah, I want to be too nice to these people. Like, what kind of mindset is that? It wasn't that? even that. It was, just like, it was just like, I don't want to, you know, show people that I, I'm gonna go crazy or something like that like I just want to oh, be like okay. Mario's calm and reserved like he's too cool for everything <laughs> and in my high school principal he would tell me this I'd be like I mean kinda but like I'm just being me at a certain point I just felt like it was part of my identity to not like act out so I didn't I wasn't even trying to be cool or anything like that but I mean now that I look back at it I was just lame I was just very lame. <laughs> Aren't we all? I'm sure we all look back on our old selves and we're like, we're so lame. Well, except for the people who peaked in high school. Those poor souls. But that's funny that you were like a loner. I couldn't... I guess I was a loner, but wanting to be a loner? I don't think I chose to be a loner. I wasn't really a loner. I mean, I had my squad. And my squad still, you know, we still hang today. We just... We're not liked by everyone and we were cool with not being liked by everyone so you know we just had our own we had our own little dynamic i'm sure it's because you ignored people when they try to start conversations with you no back in high school totally different person like you you would definitely your first impression would definitely be like yo mario is mean he's (laughs) i was making jokes Uh, like i said i was a class clown uh, always had antics always had something to say you know you dared me to do something I would do it 
Yeah. You're that kid. You're like trying to get all the attention, trying yeah. to attract the ladies. No. It wasn't. No? It wasn't about that. Mm. I didn't get any women. But the visco was. Didn't even have a visco, but you know, I looked at it. <laughs> yeah, found them on Instagram. Checked out that visco. Yeah. What? Uh. Yeah. So you talk about he like moves how. On. <laughs> 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 you talk about how uh, softball is a big part of your life in high school. So, what did your family look like, and like how did they form like your system of beliefs, and like See, what you were motivated by? On the subject of softball, I grew up at the ballpark. Like earliest memories were going to my parents' co-ed games, mm-hmm. and my mom wasn't good. But my dad played football and baseball growing up and, like, was supposed to go collegiate, um, but wanted to get a job and, like, study. He wanted to, like, graduate early, so he just decided not to play sports. So, mm-hmm. like, he's, he loves sports. Like, he pushed me a lot when I was younger. Um, but for sure, growing up on the softball field, like, with all my parents' friends, they would go to tournaments, too, and I'd be there with them all day. And they would win most of the tournaments. And I remember... They would have, like, these huge, I guess, large T-shirts, and they would give me one, and it would be, like, a dress, like, to the floor on me, but I would always ask all my parents' teammates to sign it. So, like, in my room, I had this, like, box of T-shirts I've kept, and a bunch Mm -hmm. of them are, like, old tournament T-shirts from my parents' tournaments, where I had, like, everyone sign it, because I was, like, that cute little girl at the ballpark, so everyone would come sign it for me. I'd be like, can you sign my ball, sign my, um, shirt, and everyone would, um... But for sure, my parents, like, keeping me at the ballpark and pushing me to play sports um, centered me a lot with, like, being athletic and wanting to be outdoors a ton, which is funny because I'm thinking now, and I never go outdoors. Like, I'm such a inside body. Um, But in high school, like, we would travel a lot. So Mm -hmm. for softball, we would go to, like, California to go play competitively. So I learned, like, how to surf. We would go to Colorado, not for tournaments, just, like, a family thing. We'd always go to Colorado, so I learned how to, like, snowboard. I tried to ski a bit, but I was just not good at that. And everyone knows, like, people who can't snowboard just ski, so you're lame if you ski. So I just stuck to snowboarding. Exactly. (laughs) If you don't know that, like, get with it now. You have to snowboard, no skiing. You're a lame if you ski. Um, What else? Yeah, I was, like... I loved the outdoors, and my family did too, so we had, like, a lake house. We would go um, kneeboarding and stuff. I remember, like, my dad could jump the wake, and for so long, it was my goal to go, like, every weekend and be like, I'm going to jump the wake. I can do it. And I had friends who, like, could do flips. I remember for, like, a year, I was determined. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this professionally. I'm going to be, like, a professional kneeboarder. I don't know why. Like, why is that something I would pick? Um, That dream ended real fast, but... How to end? For sure, like, um, oh, I took a nose dive and literally like, head back, nose straight, like water straight <laughs> up the nose, and I was like, yep, nope, not doing this anymore. It's <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> I haven't been back to the lake now in like three years. I'm like probably because I remember all the times I face planted on the water, and I was just like, I'm good, I'm good. Don't need to do that anymore. Um, but yeah, I. I really do enjoy the outdoors and like my parents help me a lot with it. 
Um, what else? Let's see. My parents will say they didn't do this, but when, like, when I was younger, they really wanted me to be smart, like, and they've always pushed me to do well academically, even though when I tell them that, I'm like, you're the one who makes me such a try hard, like, you're the one I'm, like, trying to do all these academics, so, like, we never push you to do that, but my mom will joke all the time, she's like, oh, yeah, when you were, like, one month old, your dad had flashcards out, like, showing them to you, like, right after you were born, because he was determined to make you smart, I was like, okay, um, so I would say, like, being at Tech, um, was definitely, like, a factor of my parents pushing me when I was younger because they wanted me to be like good in academics um, yeah but obviously like that like took off with me like I pushed myself mm-hmm. yeah I don't what I'm trying to think what else mm, I don't know if this is so much my parents pushing me or me just seeing like all my like single aunts they were um always boy crazy and whenever I would visit them we'd spend like an hour and they would just be asking me all these questions about, about boys at school and like people I've met and they were like oh what kind of boys do you want to meet I would always just be like no one I'm gonna go to med school and I'm gonna finish all that and I'm not gonna date anyone for my whole life and I was like I'm gonna wait I'm gonna be a successful woman before I ever date anyone and they would always laugh at me they would like make so many jokes it was constantly a thing they would ask me every time i knew it was because like i would just answer i'm never gonna date and they were all like yeah okay we'll see what happens in a few years but but i also know my mom was like really because they had me when they were younger like 22 and so my mom didn't get to finish college so i think she was also kind of like make sure you finish college like become a successful woman mm-hmm. before you like try to focus on a guy but yeah I I do remember that because I would get roasted like my aunts would just like all three of them would just make so many jokes like oh yeah Avery's gonna be the crazy cat lady Mm -hmm. like that's so mean I'm 10 (laughs) (laughs) yeah so do you ever reflect on any of the things that like your parents or your aunts talk about or teach you even like being how softball has you know, been a part of your life for so long. You ever reflect on any of the things that you've gotten from there? Let's see, I would say, if I'm ref- ever reflecting on those types of things, like my parents taught me, it's me preparing for an argument with my parents because they love to bring up the fact that I played competitively and they spent like thousands of dollars doing that because like playing for a travel ball team for one season costs like anywhere from a thousand to like three thousand dollars because the coaches are paid and so they love to bring up the fact oh now you're in college you never went and played like collegiately um we wasted so much money so I'll definitely reflect I'll be like all the things I learned playing softball all the things I learned playing softball um so when they say that I'm like okay but softball was valuable and that money you spent made me a hard-working young woman who is on time to things. Um, It made me a silent leader in situations. Um, I don't know, I would say it also taught me like, sometimes you might not be the best. Like I always went on to a team and I was like mediocre at best. And there were so many girls who would come onto the team and be so talented and just anything they did, they could learn it in two seconds and be the best. And for me, I had to learn that 
even though I wasn't talented and, like, wouldn't catch the coach's attention at the first beat, like, if I worked hard enough and I showed the passion for it and, like, if I was the person out there, like, diving for every ball or coming off the field, like, dirt covered, then the coach would see that and, like, pat me on the back or, like, give me respect because I did work hard for it, even though I wasn't the best. And I think that, like, taught me a lot. And I think that's also, like, why at Tech I'm capable of saying, like, even though I'm not the smartest, I'm not the person out here, like, getting A's in every class or starting my, like, own business or um, having, like, a tech startup. Um, but you are. I'm still that person. It's not, like, a business business. Like, let's, let's be honest. This, this is very, very mediocre. But it made me realize, like, if you work really hard about it and you have passion for something, like, people are going to give you that respect. So... I do reflect on those lessons, like, even though I wasted all my parents' money, probably, in their eyes, um, I think the lessons were invaluable, and I think a lot of people, I hope a lot of people who play sports can say that, like, even though it might be traumatizing, like, thinking about all the times I was, like, (laughs) sleep-deprived, or, like, had to deal with annoying people, um, I learned something, it created, like, a good character, I think, for myself. Yeah. But my aunts, oh my gosh, my now that I'm older, they still like will call me or come visit me. Like I've had coffee with them a few times and they're always asking about boys still. They're like, "So, have you met anyone? Are you going to get married?" I was like, "Hi, 20, 20 years old. I I still have the same mindset. I'm like, we're going to wait. There's a lot of money involved going to med school. Um, so no. But they always bring up me being younger and having that same mindset. I'll tell them, like, about a few boys. I'll be like, oh, I met this person, or I met this person. Um, but I think they respect that that's my way of life. It's funny, though. One of my aunts, she's, like, the quieter one. And I realize me and her are kind of the same. Like, if we want a relationship with someone, we'll probably just, like, have a friend. And we'll keep very quiet about it like we won't tell people a friend because we don't want to yeah yeah they'll be a friend so you're that um, you're that one that, you're the one girl at the party and they're like are you guys dating you're like no what in the world <laughs> yeah we're friends duh you they crushed his self-esteem <laughs> they'll see us like making out later and they'll be like okay friends and they'll be like yeah friends that's no yeah quote-unquote entanglement (laughs) yeah i sit with that so much what is your thoughts on the word entanglement um i haven't watched that whole like i haven't watched interview i haven't watched it yeah not a single second (laughs) honestly i when someone says entanglement i just see myself like wrapped up in a bunch of cords wait whoa Whoa, hold on. <laughs> Never mind, we're just gonna we're just gonna erase that. I mean that could still work for their situation, maybe, but um, hey, The FBI is checking your search history. I hope you know that. What? The FBI is checking your the search FBI? history. I hope they're having a fun read. Um I don't know entanglement yeah I just see myself like tripping over something because I'm so clumsy that would be something like entanglement 
I don't see that as a relationship thing. Maybe it's just because, like, I don't get... I'm not in entanglements in relationships, like... Mm-hmm. Theirs is different. They were married. Like, yeah, it's an entanglement. Yeah, that was that was very that, that's dicey. Yeah. They were tiptoeing on Which, fire. Yeah. But honestly, some people do that in their relationships. Like, you can have, um, was it polyamorous relationships? Yeah, or open relationships. I have friends. Yeah, or open relationships. I have a lot of friends who are, like, polyamorous, so. I mean respect the lifestyle like you find love how you find love it doesn't have to be the same as mine but you deserve it all the same even though it's not the same as yeah, me I get that <laughs> fruit for thought well off the topic yeah. of love so uh, how did you end up like getting tech into your like uh, thought process of college or how did you end up you know realizing tech is the place to be Oh, well, it wasn't a choice, if I'm being honest. Tech was my safety school, because... Don't tell me you were one of the Stanford ones that was like, yeah, I applied to Stanford, and now I'm here. You didn't have to come for me like (laughs) that. (laughs) I definitely, because I wanted to go to med school, and I also wanted to get out of Georgia, because I've been here my whole life, and I'm so tired of the weather, like anyone who's like my good friend knows I hate the heat it's like way too hot here way too humid I have curly hair so as soon as I go outside it's like yaga um (laughs) but I hope everyone hears that sound effect (laughs) (laughs) and misses the hand motions but yeah I so wanted to get out of Georgia I applied to all out-of-state schools Mm -hmm. but I applied to Georgia Tech because that was when they passed the rule that if you were Val or Sal of your high school then you Mm -hmm. had automatic admission so I was just like well if all these other ones fail I got this (laughs) so I applied to UPenn Duke UNC where else Stanford laugh at me um I think Yale Oh, and UAB. I think I did get into UAB. I'll give myself credit. But it just didn't seem worth it to go to UAB because it was out of state. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, I'll go to Tech, get the scholarship. So were you valedictorian um, or salutatorian? I was Sal. But you know what? My best friend was Val, and she's so deserving of it. Like, she was a boss. She had all 100s in all her classes, like, all four years of high school. So I applaud her. We have a friendly, friendly... She, like, gave me a shout-out in her Val speech, which made me feel so bad because I didn't give her a shout-out in my Sal speech. I regretted it, like, to this day. I was like, I look fake because I gave my speech before her. I know. If she's listening to this, I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. I love you. You're amazing. You made me push myself all through high school. Um, Yeah, so... If anyone's asking, I'm an awful friend. (laughs) But yeah, I was yeah. Sal. So, hey, <laughs> all good. I mean, I was a slacker. The the reason I felt like when I got the admission letter, I was like, "Yo, what are they thinking? What are they thinking?" <laughs> These <laughs> clowns. Because like, well, the thing was, in my high school, 
I don't know, like, I didn't really pay attention to what everybody was saying, and not to be like, you know, oh, man, I just have, you know, superior confidence in myself, because I really didn't, I just was, you know, like I said, and within my own friend group, like, we really just hung amongst ourselves, and, like, talked to the few people that we were cool with, so then it came to my attention later on, like, once we got to college and stuff, and they had this, like, board, where you have all the college acceptances, and, uh, I had a couple on there, and they were like, whoa, Mario got into tech, and they, they they just assumed I was some kind of dummy, and I was like, I mean, considering how I act around people, not it's not far-fetched at all, but they were all, like, very surprised, and they're like, wow, Mario's smart, I'm like, Mario's not smart, Mario is just like, <laughs> I don't know, he's skimmed by, I know, like, my calc teacher, he, he would always talk about me, he'd be like, you know, Everybody thinks you just come up with all these tricks out the bag, but I know you work hard. And I was like, you know what, Mr. Wilson, you're right. I do work Aww. hard on, you know, the day before a test, and I come in finesse <laughs> and, you know, do my thing. They, you know, three years Those later, you're struggling. Oh, he's dope. And if you're listening to this, believe in you. Mr. Wilson, you're coming on this podcast, whether you like it or not. But I love those teachers from high school. Like, do you still follow them on? Oh, you don't have social media, do you? Like, yes, I do. do. You still follow them on? So, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you follow them on social media? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the best because they'll still comment on your stuff, or if you like post an achievement, they'll be like, "I knew you could always do it." I love those. Nah, he always leaves. They're like, better funny than comments. the ones. They're always better than those like teachers who told you like. I don't know if this happened at your school, but at Alexander, so many people respected UGA more than Tech. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like, I guess it's because the football team, everyone associates it with the football team there. But everyone was like, oh, you're going to, like, Tech. Like, you're going to a technical school. Like, that's nothing. Like, they're like, oh, they were like, we'll see you back in Douglasville in a year. Like, that's what they were Whoa. telling me. Like, I had maybe a handful of teachers be like, congrats, you got into tech, that's so awesome. And then I had, like, a majority. Like, I know there was one hall of teachers I had, um, and every single one of them were like, did you not get into UGA? I was like, no, I didn't apply there, why? Um, Given that in-state, they're equally as hard to get into. Yeah, that's true. Especially now, UGA's stats are going up. Yeah. But, you know, I'd rather be a buzzing bee, a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech than... Did you really say a buzzing bee? A buzzing bee. Sir, do you not know our, like, mascot? No, I do. Don't disrespect the yellow jacket buzz. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The good old yackets. Why are you saying bee? Are we scad now? I forgot scads mascot is a bee but um i just call him the bee because like that's what everybody thinks they're like what's a yellow jacket a yellow jacket doesn't exist and it's like yes but you don't live in the south to know what a yellow jacket is like i didn't figure out about it until i moved down here and they're like a yellow jacket a yellow so a bee a bee and they're like yeah and then i figured out once i actually saw one i was like oh these are annoying they just like buzz around everywhere but aren't they like a wow? We're getting into this, but like, aren't they like a form of a wasp? Like they come from that branch rather than a bee. 
if they are, I'm not messing with them because I hate Wasp as it is. True, true. But yeah, so, you know, salutatorian in high school, you know, you feel good about yourself. You worked hard. You're like, yo, I'm borderline genius. No. You know. No. Not at all. You have to think about, like, the town I came from. Like, everyone there is now just working, like, only, I think, 50 of us out of our class of, like, 525 probably went to college. Mm-hmm. So, the, like, pool of genius I could come from was super small. Like, I would say my friend group was the cream of the crop, as they say. The rest of the students, like, it wasn't much You were the creme de la creme. You were the best that... You know, Alexander had to. Yeah, of a hick school, of a hick school. Come on here. If I was from John's, if I was south of John's Creek, like any school in that area. Hey, let's not talk about them because they're 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 different. (laughs) For anybody that's like out of the state, you know, out of the country, uh, just if you give you like a demographic of Atlanta, as you get north of Atlanta, it gets like the school systems just statistically get better. And, you know, you have the whiz kids and the Einsteins of them all. And as you go further down south, it slowly gets worse. But it's not our fault. It's just the education system. And, uh, I mean, that changes if you go to, like, public or private school. For me, I went to a private school. And it was sort of kind of different, rich. but, like, not the same. Like, I didn't feel like a genius compared to them. But that was only on, I, because, you know, I came to tech and I was like, yo what is going on i'm smart wow yeah well besides that you can't say that (laughs) you can't say that everyone north of atlanta is like the smart group because if you go like i would say if you go within 30 miles above atlanta then yes you have like all the smart people like metro but if you go oh if you go too far north then you're in like country hillbilly town yeah yeah but if you go too far south, you're in Red Clay Nation, and it's the same exact effect. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So it's a very small circle. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the perimeter itself. Uh, so, you're fresh off a salutatorian year, you know, you're feeling good, you're going to college, you're, like, ecstatic. You're finally out the parents' house, and, you know, the bus screeches to a halt. You move out, you're in your dorm. How was your first year at Georgia Tech? And, like, how did you go about it? And what did it, like, teach you? Okay. Well, let's just say the first three weeks were rough. Like, people now will... So many people are like, you have so many friends at Tech. You're friends with, like, everyone. And, one, I don't think that's true. But my first... three weeks at tech were so sad like I can't tell you how many times I just cried in my bed because I had no friends like zero zilch like there were people I would sit with at lunch actually no there were a few people like once a week I would sit with at lunch but most of the time I would like eat by myself in my room because I just I one came from a school that no one else came to Georgia Tech and then I don't know I was so scared to like meet people and them think a certain thing about me. Like, I wasn't sure what vibe people were coming on campus with. Um, it wasn't until, like, three weeks in, I caught my roommate on the phone. Well, 
I didn't catch her, but, like, I guess she thought I was napping, and she was on the phone with her mom, and her mom was like, why don't, why haven't you made friends yet, sweetie? Like, don't you hang out with your roommate and her friends? And she was like, my roommate was like, my roommate doesn't have friends. And I was just, like, listening, and my heart was like, oh, what? I mean, you're right, I don't have friends, but, like, I realized what she was saying, like, oh, you don't hang out with your roommate. I didn't realize she didn't have friends to hang out with. I Because she was always gone, and she was over in the summer program. Like, she did a challenge. So I thought she had a ton of friends, and I was like, oh, sh she won't want to hang out with me because she has friends already. Um, but, yeah, that made me realize, like, oh, maybe I could become friends with my roommate, and she'll introduce me to people. So I would just keep asking her to, like, eat any meal with me. Um, and that was easy because she took a lot of naps, which was great. She was like a homebody like me. Um, but yeah, we would just go eat meals together and we realized we were both like crazy crackheads um, and had that like weird energy about each other. And we definitely spent Wet Friday doing some whack stuff. Like we started talking about boys and I got to meet the guy she had a huge crush on and she hyped him up so much. I, I just, the first impression of this guy and I love him today. Like I give him so much crap, but I love him. Um, she hyped him up so much. She's like, he's so cool. He knows everyone. He's like, he's the coolest guy on campus. You're going to love him when you meet him. He's just, he's super attractive and he's really sensitive. And the next thing I know, we're pulling up to Wet Friday, and this short, scrawny man with a Gatorade bottle pull is, like, walking up to me like, hey, I'm so-and-so, and is like, you want a sip? I was like, who is this man? But, yeah, I, she was saying how he would get us into any party that night, and the first frat we pull up to, I was like, okay, can you get us in? He was like, I don't know anyone here. I was like, well, what frat do you know people at? He was like, I don't know anyone at the frats. I was just, I just like turned to her. I was like, who is this man? Like the hype was not worth it. Um, but now they've been dating for a long time and the hype is worth it. He's a cool guy. I I, oh, that brings you to a good question. Like you came from Alexander, which is a high school in mm -hmm. Douglasville, uh, suburb of Atlanta. And it was more, it's not the, same environment as being at tech and which goes for the same for me like i had a graduating class of 50 and i i didn't have a huge time adjusting because like i was kind of ready for it and prepared my whole high school i was like you know i'm gonna just go to a big school or just definitely like no matter where i go there's going to be way more people than you know i went to high school with and it was cool with me because I didn't mind like going to learn, meet new people. I was trying to go out there and, you know, not have to see the same faces every day if I didn't want to. So was there a huge adjustment for that with you? I would say there is definitely a learning period because I met certain friends um, who did open my eyes to things, especially coming from Alexander. Um, certain terminology and words I had never been told like were socially unacceptable and like once people were telling me like Avery don't say that I like started realizing and like understanding why not to say that but in my town like the R word like saying that um, mm -hmm. 
everyone in my town says it. Like, I go home and people will say it. And I have to be, like, now being, like, from tech and being there for two years now, I'll be like, okay, please don't say that. Like, that's super disrespectful and uncomfortable. Um, like, at Alexander, the N-word, common. Like, I remember one of my friends telling me a story about where he was having a conversation with, like, all these baseball guys um, from my high school and, like, breaking down why they shouldn't say the N-word. And it was... Their reasoning, like, was awful. Like, he was trying to explain to them how they were being extremely biased about it, and they just... Like, it wasn't clicking for them. Like, they still were just like, oh, well, I have the past. And I was just like, from who? Like, what friends do you have who would give you the past? Because, like, I don't see anybody. So, um, there's just, like, certain words or, like, behaviors um, that I learned were just insensitive. And especially for me, like, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or, like, make people feel uncomfortable. Like, before I start a conversation, I stress out about, like, how to make a good impression on that person and, like, Mm -hmm. not hurt anyone's feelings. So learning those types of things like people making me aware at tech like certain things i said or ways i address things were not like acceptable or cool i like realized to change it that's why i'm like now i look at my high school self i was like i'm an awful person like my friend sent me a photo of myself of something i did i was just like if this like got out like i was just so ashamed i was like i can't believe like that's me doing something like that i I was just like, this is the type of stuff that celebrities get, like, canceled for. I know. Like, I I will admit, I was not, like, a good person in high school. I was not aware of certain things or, like, no one told me to stop. So I just, like, didn't know not to do them. And that's no excuse. Um, And I apologize now if anyone sees, like, dumb stuff I did or, like, unacceptable things I did in high school, like... I know now those things are unacceptable and I wish I could take them back. But I can tell you now, like, I've learned from them and I try to do my best. Yeah. To be a good example. That's a big thing to own up on. You know, being able to change. And it's not like our past self, like, while our actions stay with us, but our past selves don't identify who we are now. And, uh,. It's crazy because, like, even as you say that, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not very proud of that I did in high school at all. Well, I mean, it's not, I didn't do anything bad, but, like, I was very immature. It was very insensitive. Uh, and I didn't have, I didn't ever think about, like, a bigger picture or long term. It was basically just, like, you know, what I what fun I could have for the time being and I'll deal with the consequences later so it's taught me that it's given me a mindset where in some cases it works like I can especially when it comes to being brave and taking a new step towards something that you believe in like you are more or like me starting a podcast having that mindset is great it just has to be used in the right circumstances yeah so, uh, yeah, that's also the, oh, yeah. Oh, that's Go. also why I fear cancel culture. Cause if someone like with cancel culture, if someone saw like 
the mistakes I've made in high school. Like, with cancel culture, I'd be done for. I would just, people would take that one thing and everything else I've done would amount to nothing, I feel like, and that's such a fear. Like, I, if there was a way to erase history and like take that thing back so I wouldn't be canceled and like all my other great things I've done in life wouldn't be like, I don't know, pushed to the side. Um, I would try to take it back. I don't know. I just feel, I just fear cancel culture. That's. But does cancel sucks. culture ever like work as it's intended to? Cause like, I remember, I mean, obviously with like Doja Cat and all that, that didn't work because you know, she's still got all her views and hits on streaming services and all that. And coronavirus happened conveniently so that, you know, she got out the limelight quick enough. But then even with stuff like uh, designer brands that were putting derogatory statements on their clothing or they had like designs and stuff that mimic black culture or what is it? What's the word from it? Like racist undertones in their clothes that they had. People would say like, let's cancel them. Uh, you know, look what they're doing and raise awareness to the fact. And a lot of people would hear it. But to this day, people still buy it. And they still, you know, fund the organization through buying their clothes. Even black people, even some of the people that still, you know, talked about it still buy their clothes now because of the status or the regard that other people give you for buying or ha owning you know those clothes what are your thoughts about that Let's see for me i love thrift shopping so brands aren't really mm -hmm. i don't know i it's so bad for me to say this because i am trying to start a brand um but I'm not a fan of brands. Like, mm -hmm. the idea that you're basing your status or, like, your ability to be fashionable on the name of a brand, just, like, supreme. Literally, it's a, what kind of font? It's like an aerial font on a box. And people pay hundreds of dollars for it. Like, do you know the mind control people are doing by doing, like creating a brand like that and I get it like for some people like a small business your brand is everything for building your business but to pay a hundred dollars for a t-shirt that has a name on it I don't know so would you pay see, more like, for it if it had like a deeper meaning or a purpose behind it yeah for sure like I think that was my whole point but behind creating you are more because I mean, watch, someone's going to come in the comments and be like, Supreme does have a purpose. It has a message behind it. But um, I just, I think we, if you're going to spend $100 on something, I hope that 50 of those dollars, because it, it like, my mom has a t-shirt company. I know how much those shirts cost to create. And, like, at least 50 of the dollars that you're paying to that 100 should be going to a good cause, like, Imagine how much you spend on that Gucci purse when it really doesn't cost that much to make and all that money they're using could be going to like end world hunger or because like we're a consumer society. If we can start using our consuming to actually better like the resources around us, mm -hmm. I think we would be more successful.
or like a better society but that's just me and speaking but yeah i oh i don't i don't i don't fuck with brands <laughs> is what i like to say <laughs> i got you so speaking of like causes and having a quote-unquote brand or just having a business that not only caters towards you know people's love for fashion and you know nice clothing but also a deeper meaning and purpose and putting that money towards a cause that you believe in how did this all come together to the point where you were like i want to start a clothing brand which turned into you are more let's see well to tell you a little bit about you are more it's a mental health brand that started out as me just creating t-shirts to raise money um it actually was because i wanted to help a friend pay for their medical bills after a um after a mental health event so they were having a lot of trouble paying back their medical bills after the event and they were in a lot of debt and they were just telling me about the stress they were under with school and all the loans they had out and it really broke my heart seeing them struggling especially because I really cared about them and so my initial plan was to just drain my bank account and give them all the money possible um, but then I realized that was not a smart plan and I also talked to a friend who was close with their family and they were like their family's not going to take the money Avery like you have college to pay for so save the money um, I'm sure something else will come up, like you'll come up with an idea. And it's funny, cause I was like, okay, if I can't give them the money, then they can't say no to the king himself of giving out money, David Dobrik. I was like, I should just message him and beg him to give them a Tesla or like money and see if he would. And like, I created this whole message and then I like read it over and I just laughed at myself because I was like he's not gonna see this like I really just spent probably 30 minutes creating a message to David Dobrik and he's not gonna see it so drop that and then fast forward for to like four or five months later and we're in quarantine um and I was running a lot and I love running because I have so many thoughts like I don't know they just get jumbled all the time or I never get to fully think them out um, because they're just like quick little burst of thought. Um, but running lets me just like think them through and like keep going. And I just like, once I get on one thought, I'll just like go into all the details, like all the problems and solutions for it. Um, and so that's where I came up with like how to raise money for people who have mental health problems and need financial assistance for them. I was just like, what's a way to generate money for this? Cause like, I'm obviously broke. I can't just like give these people money and mental health is still a thing in society where it's kind of like taboo to talk about. Like a lot of people do, especially at tech, but I think for businesses at times it's not, people are scared to give money to it, especially when it comes to suicide or like attempting like self-harm. Um, a lot of businesses still have like, and other people have a distance towards it. Um, and so I was like, if I create something, I doubt businesses are just gonna give money to this. So I was like, okay, what's a good way to generate money? I was like, oh my gosh, people will spend $100 on a t-shirt that has a red box that says Supreme on it. I was like, this is it. I just need to come up with a good slogan, a good brand, and have like the purpose being to give back to mental health. And 
there I go. That's how I generate money. I'll just attack the consumer society in America. Um, so then I kept running, and I was like, okay, what's a good statement to, like, use? Because um, I'm, like, not that creative at coming up with statements. I think they're stupid. At to- Like, I think mine are stupid. So... I was just like running and I was like, what could it be? Like, you matter is already a thing. I just kept running and I got to the point in my run where I was like going uphill. I was like, you can do more, you can do more. Come on, you are, you got this, you are more, you are more. And I was like, oh, and it's so lame. Like people tell, will tell stories like this and be like, that's so not true. But it really was. I was like, you are more, you are more. And then I was like, wait, that's it. That's what it's going to be. And so for the rest of my run, I was just like thinking through like how it would look, um, if it like how it flowed up off like people's tongue, and I was just like, yeah, I think this is it. Um, and then that night, it was like two or three days. I created the website and like found designs. Um, the initial design, actually, the one that's like the head exploding. Um, that I call like out of my mind was actually a gift from the friend who was like struggling with mental health and they gave it to me as a graduation gift and it was always my favorite design it's actually in my room right now I like can look at it right here um but I loved it so much and I told them how incredible it is and they were just like it's nothing like I did that in 20 minutes in my English class I was like this is so cool so I pretty much just like copied it and then I used like my computer to do like the drawing and fill it in and add some filters and I was just like, yeah, like, this would be a good design people would buy. And then I tried to design some other stuff. And within, like, a week, I created the whole site. I had worked out, like, how to order the shirts, how much they would cost. I tried to, like, work with my mom on what a good price would be. Because my if it was up to my mom, she was like, oh, yeah, you should charge, like, $40 for a shirt. And I was just like, we are in a pandemic. Half the people have lost their jobs. Like, no one's going to be able to afford a $40 shirt. And so I was like, I think 2022 20, should be good. Um, and that gives like half of the cost of the shirt like to the mental health organizations. Like that is what can be donated. Um, so yeah, I created the website in like three or four days and had all the plans down. But then I had to ask permission from the friend who like gave me the idea. And that took me two weeks to like get the courage to like ask them if it was okay to use their design like mm-hmm. I was so anxious because I don't know I was like worried to one bring it up because I w- didn't want them to be like so I didn't want them to think I was using their mental health as like a way of getting money mm-hmm. like I don't know I just wanted to be considerate also like I was scared of how to approach them about it because it's so hard to talk about mental health you never know how to say something to someone so I for two weeks just like kept writing the text and then deleting it I eventually texted their sister I was like okay like can you send out some feelers see if this would be a good idea and they told me to do it so then I texted them the next day and they said yes so within two days I had the site posted and so it was a really pretty much a quick turnaround like with in under a week I created the whole site in concept it was just like my scaredy pants who waited two weeks to actually do anything else um gosh I feel like I've gone on a tangent but um you're good so yeah so you are more started out as I was just making t-shirts and my plan was actually to give the money 
to their family. But when I asked them about, like, if they would want the money generated from the site, they were, again, like, no, we don't want it. Like, give it to something, like, give it back to other people. So then I just decided, like, I could definitely give it to mental health organizations and, like, cover different causes, which turned out to be great because within a week, it came to my attention, like, the fact of the matter is for the black community, especially with the George Floyd incident, it's so important to start talking about mental health and like trauma in those areas. And it started making me look into like more research on how that is affecting them. And so I got like, that whole situation made me more aware of like covering communities that no, some, most people overlook and like ensuring like mental health is so overlooked, but also like for certain people, their mental health is overlooked. So um, that allowed me to want to reach out to people like Nehemiah Wilton with like Shot by Nehemiah and ask them to create a design so we could like raise money for things like Campaign Zero, which a lot of people see Campaign Zero and talk about how um, it like is about police reform. But I love looking at the topic of how they're training police to do mental health, like and be aware of mental health problems, especially on Tech's campus. Like we all know about the kid who had suicide by police like many people have marches for it each year so with campaign zero they um do police reform in the training police to answer mental health calls because they don't get that much training for it i think it's like cops have what eight weeks of training and like only like three of those days is about mental health which is like incredible because i feel a majority of their calls cover some form of mental health like whether that be addiction or um suicidal ideation so yeah I thought that was awesome and we raised what we donated 600 or 700 dollars to campaign zero by the end um through selling Nehemiah shirts which was awesome and yeah so oh so moving on I started realizing that Raising money for mental health organizations is a common thing. Like, a lot of t-shirt brands do that. Like, there's Strong Mind Apparel and um, Self-Care is for Everyone. And I realized, like, those those brands are very established and they're awesome. And I'm sure, like, I could make a brand that is just giving to mental health organizations and that's necessary. But then I also became, it, like, hit me that it's also necessary to provide therapy to people, especially in COVID, like, so many people want therapy and can't access it or like people want to go to a consultation to get like medication for mental health and they can't because of like financial reasons so then I realized like it's super important to start a nonprofit that the proceeds from the t-shirts can go to um go to funding individuals getting mental health resources so that started the whole project of me doing paperwork to create you are more into a nonprofit. So that's what I've been working on for the past few months or past few weeks. And I've been in contact with like the Georgia Tech Counseling Center. And yeah, hopefully within the next month, we'll have our nonprofit distinction and can start connecting with like organizations on college campuses to raise money. But yeah. Yeah. That's about you or more. That was a long rant. <laughs> no, hey, spread the info. But, uh, how was it like turning you are more into a nonprofit and what was one I want to ask what the process was like and two were there any challenges that you faced within yourself like getting that done 
So the nonprofit process, in reality, is not very complicated. It's like a five-step program, I would say. Um, for me, though, I want to do things like perfect. So I hesitated making it into a nonprofit for a while because I have no legal expertise. I've never done this before. So when I was trying to do like articles of incorporation or the nonprofit bylaws or creating a board of directors I wasn't sure like how you're supposed to do that the specifics so I actually contacted a friend of mine from high school whose mom created a nonprofit for and it's like a scholarship foundation um, that's a memorial to her husband and so she like gives out five one thousand dollar scholarships each year to high school students I just contacted her I was like hey could you give me some advice and she was amazing like I met with her in a week and she gave me like a packet that broke down each thing I needed to do and like examples of it in like nonprofits and then she owns her own business that pretty much creates paperwork for like low or like small businesses in my town and she was like yeah so I really love what you're doing in this nonprofit and I never do things for free, but I'm gonna create all your paperwork. Like I'm gonna create your SOP manual and look over the documents as you submit them to like federal, like for the IRS. And it was so awesome. So she's like pretty much been my consultant in all of this, which is really helpful. Um, and making the non, like turning into a nonprofit easier. And it's really not long, it's just like, a lot of times you just have to wait to hear back so I've been waiting for like two weeks I think to hear back on like the official incorporation of the nonprofit. so mm-hmm. uh I forgot what else you asked yeah you're good uh any oh, challenges, challenges that you faced oh yeah okay so we were talking about this the other day about like and this is a lot of what your podcast is about like your passion and starting it And for me, like, You Are More has become my passion and a bit of my heart. And so my biggest challenge has been giving away, like, a piece of my heart and, like, the fear that people won't have the same passion for it, I guess. Or, like, they might see it as unsuccessful or not worthy. So I've definitely been struggling with, like, assigning tasks to people, especially because a lot of people have been reaching out to me and some people I give them tasks I like lay it all out for them and it depends like some people won't even answer me and then some people will be like okay I got it I'll start doing it but like in the course of the next week they do nothing and like I check in on them I'm like hey um how's it going and they're just like oh yeah I'll get to it eventually and I don't know for me I like rely a lot on people's feedback and their energy so people not giving me like the same energy back like uh it's so hard it's like heartbreaking because you know like you give pieces of your heart and like for people to just like put them to the side it's that's definitely been a challenge for me um luckily I have like two or three people who like have taken on tasks and are being super successful with them and I talk to them like twice a week on things we're doing for you are more and they keep me motivated like there was a point where I was so unmotivated because I asked my friends I was like hey do you think it's worth it should I keep doing you or more I mean it's gonna be a lot and they kind of just like answer they're like I think it's a good idea I just don't know like how well it's gonna develop and I just took that as like I couldn't do it so I was like for two days I was like is it worth it should I just shut down the site and um 
luckily those people who had started working with me like were sending me I it was like a miracle that they started texting me um but they started sending me all these things they were doing like one of them had reached out to the director of the counseling center and set up a meeting with them and then another one had created like an Instagram campaign and like that just made me realize that the project was worth it and like I should keep going and that was definitely a challenge like the motivation to keep it going when it felt like some people were like it's not gonna work out like this isn't a good idea like you just should quit while you're ahead like you've done so much like just end it now so yeah that's definitely a challenge and like giving away your heart to the people like that's that's so scary like opening it up and telling them like this is your big vision for it yeah oh yeah and it's I think another I don't know if it's so much as a challenge for me or like a challenge for them but like some I feel like some people are worried to work with it because they think that I guess they're also scared to break my heart because they do care and they don't want you are more they want to make sure that you are more stays in my image and for me, I want people to take a piece of you are more and make it their own and like let their creativity take off. Um, and so I feel bad that some people are hesitant to work with me because they think that they're going to like disappoint me or not do it a good job for me, which is so kind that they care like about my opinion that much. But I also like want pe- I want someone to come in and be like, here are the ideas ha- for you are more I have. I'm going to do them because one, I just like that go-to attitude that someone's just going to like come in with the confidence to be like, this is the idea I have. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to get it done. Um, so I'm re- I really hope like more people will come into you more's like life and do that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I mean, it's hard. And how can I say it? Like, I haven't had any experience trying to bring people into the own uh, world yet. I mean, given that not many people have to be involved as yet. But eventually, I know I want to grow to a point where, like, I don't. Oh, or to a point where a lot of things are going to be done at once. And I can't be everywhere at once, given that, I mean, it could be while I'm still in school. It could be while I'm not. But selling that vision and making sure it's effective and staying motivated to, you know, be encouraged to share that with other people, I feel like is a big deal. And I I read a book recently and it constantly talked about, like, seek wise counsel and always put yourself around like like minded people. And it reminds me of why I started the podcast a lot because I wanted to be around people that thought like me, people that were always like trying to create something, you know. They weren't really afraid of what happened or like how hard it would be, but they saw how great it could be and be able to get like feedback from them. And it took me a while because like I always wanted, I thought coming to tech would bring me around those people that like that self-starter attitude and it has brought me some great people around but it wasn't like like everywhere i looked you know somebody was trying to do something great and i mean you don't have to have like this fantastic business plan or you know want to cure aids like just to have that like purpose or 
drive to something that you know you feel and care deeply about that's what i wanted and you know you weren't afraid to like shoot your ideas out there and risk rejection and it took me a while to realize like the only way you find a majority of those people is you know starting your own thing and then you know as you navigate whichever industry that you want to go into or whatever avenue that is like even in your hobbies if you get deeper into those that you'll find those people and it's kind of i mean it's hard it's not hard but like you have to do your fair research and somehow find those people and like now i'm able to talk to like other podcasters and stuff like that and it's cool to like see how they think about things and how they see a promise and you know someone like me who doesn't really i'm just like yo i'm just a kid who started pot like it's it's cool but like will it be a next million dollar idea i mean if i put my heart into it it could be but they they always like they're like it's super excited and they're always like like you're 20 starting a podcast and i don't feel that way at all but wait you know, on that topic what is it in your heart of hearts that you want to see this podcast grow into? Like, where do you, could you see this going that your heart would just, like, I don't know. I, I imagine, like, the Grinch's heart, how it grew. <laughs> like, not saying you're the Grinch, but <laughs> um, what, what could Ohm turn into that you would just feel, like, that? what do you want to see it turn into? Like, what in, what's the passion? Like... I've gotten messages from people that are like, yo, uh, I really like the podcast idea and like, I want to help in whatever way I can and like grow something. I guess I won't, I want it to be something like, or if I were to like be around in the area where somebody was, was like an avid listener of the podcast and, you know, it inspired them to do something like it doesn't have to help the podcast you know bring uh more light to it but that they started their own ideas and they they worked on it so that down the road you know there was more people that started businesses and i know like now we're in a great wave and there's still i think after the pandemic and once we settle into like this world post coronavirus I shouldn't be saying that they'll censor me but <laughs> once we settle in the world post coronavirus we'll see a lot of new businesses pop up but i don't want that to just be like a thing because you know you ran out or you lost your job and you had no other choices so you figured you know i might as well start a business because i had nothing else to lose but i want it to be something that's like if i really had an idea like Okay, I have an option to go to college, but if I can learn something, you know, without it or with it, it doesn't really matter. If some point at your life, you know, you have an idea that you're going to act on it and you won't let someone else's opinion stop you unless it's like a wise opinion, unless it's somebody that's been where you have been. But not just, you know, the general populace's, populace's opinion about, you know, what your, your idea is. So if I could be the motivation for a lot of people to start a podcast or something that I, that's been said in the podcast could, you know, 
motivate someone to start out of their own business and I'm able to see like a huge influx of uh, new businesses and entrepreneurship or even like your own hobbies if I see them like taking it to the next level and doing like outrageous stuff even it's like a DIY project you kept in your you know basement or something like that but being able to share it with the world and not being afraid to hold back your opinion about it I feel like I would pat myself on the back a little bit but it's not my it's not like it's not me that allowed this to happen you know if I could I would be proud if I could give people more confidence in themselves you know even if you're a hermit you know you step out there for yourself or an old grandpa who's mean to people yeah exactly so you're saying like if you motivate people to start things like what if someone comes to you and is like your podcast is so awesome I think I want to start a podcast but like I'm not sure how to do it and I kind of would love to partner with you could you see yourself like partnering with those people who've been motivated by your podcast and want to join it and start doing their own segments uh, truthfully I haven't even thought of OM as being like a huge network uh I mean, then it would be like the radio, and then the radio would be, I mean, like the radio, we'd all be extinct. But, I don't know, if it became like a network of some sort, I'd definitely like to use my platform to get, you know, people that are starting out the proper guidance and point them in the right direction to do the right thing, or, you know, do what they want to do, as long as it falls within the mission of OWN, you know. I don't want you coming up here and talking about uh, the new Jordans coming out. That but recent strip club you went to? What strip club? Oh, oh, do you need recommendations? No, nah, I'm 20. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, He's a child. I will definitely love helping out somebody. And if they wanted to start a show through home, I feel like I wouldn't... Yeah. I would definitely tell them like, yo, why, why do you think, why do you hold me in such a high regard to want to start it through me? I'll definitely ask them some point at that, but like, I don't want to deter them from, you know, trying to do it, but definitely somewhere along the line of their journey. Like once I get them started and everything and it starts going well, like I'll, I'll, you know, tell them about the opportunities of just like doing it on their own and even if with my aspirations as like a entrepreneur i don't want to have employees just to like exploit their skills and uh you know just give them a salary and stuff i hope i can teach them the skills and show them how whatever industry i end up in works so that eventually they can have that knowledge and that keen business mindset so that you know they're able to go and do their own thing if they want to if you ever saw ohm starting to like generate money could you see yourself like becoming a nonprofit and giving like the money you make from the ohm podcast to those people who want startups and maybe need that like extra push that like extra help and support so i want ohm to be a nonprofit. like i'm getting that started uh hopefully by if not the end of this year uh, you know, 
opening of next year that owns a non-profit because like i don't want to profit anything or like i don't want to build this into like some multi-billion dollar corporation like really i just want to be able to speak my mind and have people speak their mind to inspire and showcase their work and what they're doing because it makes i feel more fulfilled that somebody else is you know uh able to gain confidence and share what they do and be proud of what they do by coming on the podcast and having other people listen to it and get their support like the listener support then you know coming on here because i have you know so and so ads that are sponsoring me and i can get paid this much for being on the podcast like while it's cool i i am stubborn in the sense that like <laughs> i want to make something through the tools of my labor and not just because i have a a wide uh network of people that like want to listen to me but honestly shout out to that network of people who like are supporting you and everything They're, like those people make any project you start that's what i've realized yeah it's like the network people i've i know like you realize how big your network of connection it is when you start a project like this because yeah. people i never realized who would like still would want to talk to me have reached out to me with starting you or more and just been like i love what you're doing like keep doing it and that's like so meaningful to know that those connections you made even no matter how brief or like how you might feel that person would never talk to you they do especially in like those times of need for you i guess yeah it's nice creating like the stands if i have stands oh my goodness i'd love that i'd invite them over my house (laughs) he said where's my super fan at you can come hang with me yeah are like, you sure i mean your grandpa if the thing is i guess they they only know mario the podcaster not mario you know the student or mario the, the mean old grandpa so <laughs> the toilet paper they definitely reporter? yeah they definitely have like uh an adjustment to make once they're like oh so this is what he's actually like on a daily basis like <laughs> but i don't know i really want to be able to connect with listeners i don't want to see him like a person because like it's not like i want this for fame i just want this to make friends meet new people and be inspired and hopefully inspire people with my ideas and you know be able to share have good conversations stuff like that because i believe is if more people uh are able to believe that you know their idea is worth it or that someone thinks the same way as they do and that someone else sees their vision then they're going to be more likely to start even if it's like one person but you know if i have a platform where like somebody thinks i mean like the world to them and i'm able to support their idea or give them the criticism that they need to like you know think about something in a better a different way that they need to then you know that's all i could really ask for like i want to be like a a podcast youtuber that goes on meet and greets oh okay i hear you cody go um have you had people reach out to you since starting the podcast who are just like hyping you up like people you never have talked to before maybe 
No. I guess I'm you. an example, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Uh, like, a few people that I know, like through campus, would hit me up and be like, "Yo, I really like the idea. Like, that's what's up." Even like friends and stuff, and I appreciate it. And like, it's not even like I just brush them to the side because it shows me that it works. Uh, and that like people are willing to listen to it. So you know, any support will motivate me to keep on making more videos. And I've started to, you know, find a love for just sitting here and talking, having these good conversations. That really, uh, that's what I started the podcast for. Because it was like, it's one place where I can always come and have a serious conversation about the things that we love and the things that you know make us tick. So, you know. And those people you don't have on the podcast, they don't brush you off. I think we talked about this, like, over message. Like, people just brushing you off when you have an idea. Like, you're super passionate. Like, you go into that rant where you're just saying all the crazy things that pop into your mind. No filter. And it sucks when someone's just like, oh, cool. And just, like, carries on a different conversation. Because you just, like, probably poured out your heart to that. So it's nice to be, like... To have a one a podcast where you hear people have that full on like rant um, and all their passion is in there, and then also for you, I'm sure like you getting to hear like say your own passion and people being receptive of it. Yeah. Uh. Like I don't want it to seem like I'm a type of person that likes to brag about my the things that I can do and like my achievements and you know, being able to start a podcast. Uh, I just, I'm like a workaholic in a sense. I just like the, I like seeing the results of being able to work hard and the journey of like being able to learn something different. So that's why I just love talking to new people, seeing their idea, uh, seeing what they have to say about like what I'm doing. So whether you're like a negative critic or, you know, a fan of what I'm doing, I appreciate hearing both sides because they both can teach me something different. Like you can be a fan and tell me something specific that you really like about the podcast and I can focus on that more because like you're most likely not the only one. And then a critic can, you know, talk about something that I probably need to leave out the podcast or, you know. I can change up a bit so that it's more interesting to them. But, you know, I'm not going to be a super people pleaser and try to please everybody because you can't please everyone. But you could definitely learn from what they have to say. That's awesome. That's a mad, like, I'm so glad I got to give you an interview. (laughs) (laughs) but the focus is back on you now no oh no i'm so scared so uh were there any challenges where you had to dig deep and work on yourself in order to overcome it and get to the next level okay this is gonna be so out of there because i'm sure people are gonna want me to talk about like you are more in that challenge but i would say it was like last semester or the fall semester something that like really challenged me is I realized I needed a lot of like validation from people 
and like I still struggle with it but like specifically validation uh it's oh this is so awful to say I'm like cringing at myself for saying this but like validation with guys because you know there's like bumble there's tinder and so many times or like even instagram we have those apps and we start getting i feel like i've talked to other people about this but we get into the habit of we're insecure about a part of ourselves or like a part of people liking us so then we get those apps and like you get the swipes you get the likes you see the people who are interested in you that you were interested in and you start getting that like validation and like it definitely generates a confidence in yourself. You're like, oh, wow, like, people actually like me. Or, um, wow, someone thinks I'm pretty, actually. Um, or, oh, they think I'm smart or have a cool personality. And, like, it gives you that validation. But then over time, like, when the likes or the swipes start to, like, lessen, then you start to feel, like, your confidence or your self-worth, to like, mm. diminish. So, like, my challenge was obviously I didn't have that love for myself or that like self-worth to like know on my own like I am a good person or like I'm decent looking like it'll work or um I'm like intelligent and then I like started using like tinder and I got all those likes and then I was like oh this is so nice but then like I realized (laughs) after a while I was just oh back to that same spot I was like oh I'm like nobody I'm like so ugly um I like look so bad um like I'm never gonna have a relationship and I just realized that I was depending so much on those likes and those swipes that it wasn't bettering me like finding a relationship isn't gonna make me love myself like that's gonna be on me to like realize the parts of myself that I do love And, like, the parts of myself that I don't love, like, it's okay not to love parts of myself. But you know what? Um, If I talk through it and I realize that those things I don't like, it's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, I should love them because they make me who I am. And so, uh, yeah, I would say, like, self-worth was a big challenge. And then, like, overcoming thinking that like having apps or like social media and people liking stuff like that's not going to make me love myself realizing there are parts of myself that I should love and should appreciate and there's things I'm doing in the world that are awesome those are what should make me feel like confident and loving myself rather than just like hoping for a relationship or hoping for someone to like me yeah and do you think I mean, I have a like a common theme throughout all of my episodes where we always end up talking about social media and somehow it ties into like your field expertise or, you know, your field that you're tackling with mental health. How do you feel? Do you think that mental health will become a bigger deal and more on the forefront of? Uh, problems in, that we're trying to tackle in society as social media becomes a more integral part of, you know, everyday life? So I actually worked on a VIP team last year that we were looking into this, like the effects of social media usage and like how often you use it and how it impacts your mental health. And I think like we didn't get all the research done. We were mostly looking at usage, but we did see there's a trend in if you use social media more, like even with 
there being so many campaigns about self-love and like good mental health on those platforms it's still that like picture perfect image is always on social media and causes those mental health problems um it's also been curious like i downloaded tiktok like i'm sure everyone did in quarantine and seeing like there are a lot of people talking about mental health and like covering important topics but then there's also that whole part where people are just like haha i'm depressed never getting therapy we out here or like i'm depressed check and like everyone likes it because i mean we all go through those mental health struggles and it does feel nice to not feel alone like you're not going through it by yourself but i wish in some aspects like when those things are brought up even though people are just like trying to make light of like their problems which i think we all do i do it all the time um i think it's important to start even though we're making light of it to address the fact that like hey like if you're depressed there are tons of resources available like here's this social media campaign that you can follow that is going to be great um so yeah i worry there's like such a disconnect between like the great social media resources that are out there that are trying to encourage people to have like therapy or talk about mental health and then there's like the also side where people are just like i'm depressed ha 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 aren't we all um so i think I wonder if those are just going to keep, like, the gap between those is going to keep spreading or if we'll find a way to, like, bridge that gap for those campaigns to start addressing the fact that there are, there is, like, this whole population of people who just make light of their mental health and don't address it and, like, we can find a way that, yes, you can make light of your mental health, but I really hope you're, like, getting therapy or talking about it because you'll feel so much better than just making jokes about it. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I always end up feeling, like, awkward. Like, I see it a lot on Twitter. On Instagram, I'll see a lot more of, like, people just posting a lot. Or trying to, you know, uh, get more confident with themselves in front of the camera in order to express their self-love. But on Twitter, it's like... I'm going to make a joke out of my issue or my depression for the sake of other people. I mean, I mean, you could also always have support and garner the support of other people, but it's, I don't want to come off as insensitive, but sometimes I feel like there's also like, I want the attention as well. Like there's, attention that I, I want to seek from, you know, making this tweet instead of, you know, trying to deal with that issue. Because every time I come across it, it kind of, like, turns me off from the app itself, and I start to, like, feel for that person. Because it's, like, it's something that's really going on that's wrong. And, like, people will comment and, you know, retweet, uh, likes, stuff like that. But are they my question is like are they helping you is are those comments and stuff are those we teach like helping you try and overcome the because you might feel in a good mood now to like make light of that situation but what about in those days when you really feel like the world is against you you can't get out like twitter can't help you and if anything i feel like there it's only putting you in a deeper pit because like 
especially with like social media addiction and that crave for the dopamine you receive from like a like or a retweet or something like we only get more attached to it instead of you know figuring out the things that make us happy and i wonder if nowadays it's been a while since i've last talked to a therapist but like if nowadays they take into account the effects of social media on someone's mind yeah that's a definitely like i have what is it uc riverdale i think and cal like it's a school in california that's a big part of their research their psychology department's doing is like social media and phone usage on your mental health um but like what you're talking about people saying things like making posts and you feel uncomfortable seeing it for me like having an experience where someone like attempted self-harm um like going back after they did that and like seeing all those like all those posts they made that I thought they were just a part of that group of people who makes light of their mental illness or their like struggles and I just like brushed it to the side because I was just like oh they're just like just complaining like everyone else does and it sucks because obviously those posts led to like the worst possible result and so for me first I I think it was like it was also when I was like struggling with like the PTSD after that whole event um for months like if someone posted like one of those types of comments or posts I would literally comment on it and be like are you okay like I would just like DM them I'd be so extra about it I was like are you okay like let's talk about it I just I really worry about these posts like I know you might be making a joke about it but like this isn't really something to joke about and I felt like such a mom I'm sure some people were so sick of me but I was like hyper aware of like that type of stuff and I think more people should realize like those posts often lead to someone attempting self-harm like it's very common and even though for you you might think it's just a joke like for some people it's not Mm -hmm. so Hopefully social media can change. I don't know. I mean, if Trump's trying to cancel TikTok, which I know a lot of people are against, like, he can just cancel all the other ones. But they bring in money to the U.S., so, like... That's true. And they provide, quote-unquote, surveillance. Big brother, come at me. (laughs) Nah, me and my FBI agent talk every night. We have a good combo. That's my mini therapist. What you talking about? Well, on the topic of therapy, like, how was your experience with therapy? Because, like, I had experience with therapy going into my second year, and I really had no complaints about it at all. Like, it was chill. If, honestly, I probably talked more unreserved than I would with, like, my parents about certain things I thought about and how my mind worked. And it got me... I learned a lot about self-reflection and, you know, how my actions affect me and what my what I desire to come out of the things I do. So I definitely, you know, think before I uh, make my next moves, but it's different for everybody and everybody's experience with therapy is different. So how was it for you? So, okay. So actually I've done therapy twice now so it hasn't been a continuous thing i tried therapy in high school when my parents were going through separation 
they had a bit of an entanglement problem um but I they forced me to go to therapy to like deal with what was going on and I had the problem because it was in my hometown so like I'm pretty sure my therapist had kind of a conservative mindset because she judged a lot of like my academic endeavors and like also my athletic ones and how they combined and if it was worth it so like after two sessions I was like I'm done with this girl I hate her like get me out of here I'm not doing therapy and also like that was also in high school where people didn't really respect mental health and thought it it was something for like crazy people which it's not it's like for everyone um so I didn't want to do it but then obviously I got hit with a frying pan in the face um my sophomore year of high or of college at tech or no my oh gosh it's too late my freshman year of college at tech a situation came up and it probably was like like the situation was very shitty and I wouldn't wish it on anyone and I hope less people have to go through it but I think for me it was a saving grace because at Tech, we all know we go through that mental health struggle. Like, we go through the fact that our whole lives have been based on our academic endeavors and our academic success. And when you start coming to Tech and seeing those failures, like, it feels like the world's crumbling. So, for me, I got into my spring semester of freshman year here, and like, my mental health was deteriorating by the second. And an incident happened where I saw a friend attempt self harm and the guilt and the trauma of watching that happen was like forced on me within 30 minutes to start going to therapy like I had to because I had seen something like that and I think for the like six weeks that I had it at GT um which shout out to GT counseling center like I think the incident happened at midnight and they had a counselor to me like within 30 minutes sorry my lights just fell um yeah so shout out to them for like getting me a therapist and someone to talk to after that incident um but that situation also like allowed me to talk about other problems I was having with academics and like family life so I would say that was like a saving grace but for me therapy like you said it's like a no filter zone like the things I might filter in front of people I talk to on Instagram or friends I have at tech the things I don't know like old history I realized last semester I started telling my friends like some of the high school stuff I went through with my family and they're like why did you not tell us this like we've been friends for almost two years now and you've never mentioned this and it's just because I filter a lot of what I say but in therapy I like I've told my therapist all of this like I've gone into like all the nasty details of my life um and it's so relieving because one, most of the time they're just like sitting there like a little smiling person, like, ah, oh, yes, I'm listening to you. I hear everything you say. And they never, they're not that person who like brushes you off and is just like, all right, on to the next conversation. So being able, like anything that comes to my mind, just being able to blurt that out, despite how crazy it might sound is really relieving. Cause I'm also someone who like bottles everything up like there's like once a month I'll tell my friends I'll be like all right don't talk to me for this day I'm probably gonna cry three times just because I gotta get it all out um but yeah having therapy allows me to like let all those bottled up emotions and thoughts just release without having to worry about someone judging me for it so I recommend therapy for anyone 
you might have a cool friend who listens to it all, but I'm telling you right now, your therapist is probably like your super cool friend who even gives you advice for that therapy. Like they're like your older sister that you never had or your older brother, even though they might be like 40 years older than you. I think now that you say that, yeah, they're giving me little wisdom nuggets. Uh, I mean, I'm the oldest in my family, so I always wish. I remember uh, when my parents told me they were pregnant, I was like, yo. I was probably like five because I was like, I'm going to get an older sister. And then they were like, no, that's not how it works. And then uh, I was oh like, gosh. yeah. Then that, you know, reality sunk in. And I realized, uh, you know, I'm the example. I so, am the uh, grandpa now. Yeah. But, like, you hit it right on the head. They're like, they just give you that advice. Uh, and, you know, it could be raw and unfiltered if they want to. In the kindest, most professional way possible, they'll give you the raw advice. And, like, they tell you, I mean... I don't think your therapist would ever say you're stupid, but Mm-mm. you know they, they'll they'll probably tell you kindly. You know, think about this a different way. Yeah, and they never give you the answer. Like you'll ask them a question, they'll want you'll want them to answer the questions of your life. Like, exactly. what career should I have? And they'll just be like, "Well, I think you should think about it like this, and you will develop those answers for yourself." Like they always find a way not to give you a direct answer but a way for you to think about yourself so it's your answer actually coming out it actually gave me an idea i should interview a therapist (gasps) that really loves you could you should interview carla bradford she's the director at gt counseling and she's the sweetest old lady i love her she's like super hip and she's really open to answering emails stay tuned oh Uh, oh my gosh home exclusive she's great but we'll see what we can do yeah. yeah. Or you could find like a PhD or a master's person who's trying to go, like in psych, who's yeah. trying to become a therapist. That would be a cool idea. We have a lot of PhD students, I think, in psychology. Hey. hey, it all works. If I get one, that's all we need. But yeah. We're just coming up with all the ideas on this podcast. I'm telling what the you, heck? Hey, that's what it's all about. But oh, yeah, we've been talking for about like two hours now. I know you're on <laughs> duty. Um, you know, even though nobody's even there, you're still on duty and you have to check around. And you probably, you know, yeah. want to go watch YouTube or something and decompress. But uh, Oh my gosh, no. I'm going to work on my bulletin board. <laughs> yeah. All the so, RAs. <laughs> I just have one last question. So uh, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you at? Oh, Okay. Well, if you want to reach out to me about You Are More stuff, um, you can follow the You Are More Instagram. It's just you are more underscore org. So really simple. Um, I guess if you want to reach out to me, I don't know. Um, my Instagram is at Kristen underscore Avery. And it's not like Christian. Like the okay people say christian is a guy name but that was actually what i was supposed to be named my mom just forgot the a just fun fact um but kristen with an i just like yeah i in um at underscore avery that's me on instagram i'm not gonna give y'all my phone number but if you dm me on instagram maybe if we have a good conversation 
So, oh, an email. Oh, if anyone wants to submit like designs for your more, because September is uh, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and I so want to release like a design of shirts that covers like prevention. So, if you want to email me, it's Avery Timmons, but without the S at the end at gmail.com. So Avery Timmons. That go. Yeah, Timmons. Hey. I don't know why, but I always say, like, Avery Timon, but I don't know why. All right. Hey, well, it's been a time having you on the podcast. It's great speaking with you, and you have a lot of ideas, and, you know, I might make you a co-host. It's nice to bounce ideas off of you. No, everyone's going to hear this podcast and hear my shaky voice because I was literally over here like, you don't understand, my leg was shaking so much, I had to like prop it up. To, like, Why? Why? <laughs> I get so anxious. So fun fact, I had to like tell Mario before this, I was like, I don't know if you want me on the podcast, I'm going to be super scared, I'm awful, I have anxiety about that. And he was like, just do it, you'll be fine. I was like, okay. Well, you make and me we seem like it. I just We're pushed good. you into the pool and was like, "Yeah, come in." Yeah, here. he's so he's he's a peer pressure. <laughs> totally. No, I'm kidding. You're the best. This has been great. Hey, what was it? I like called Eileen. I was like, "Okay, this guy's kind of cool." Just kind of. I can't have you. Up I got too the much. background check. Yeah, yeah, you did. Dang. I yeah. need one of those now. But well, <laughs> it all worked out. You're yeah. here. Yeah. Two hours later, you know, you're able to do it. Hey. But, uh, yeah, so you guys heard it first. I wish you first. the best of luck. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck with Ohm. I think this podcast is awesome. I think it's important for more people to talk about your passion. So if you're listening to this, talk about your passions. They're awesome. Don't stop. Always. But, yep, you hear it here first. Um, go check out Avery's Instagram. Check out UR Moore's Instagram. And, you know, if you're an artist and you want to, you know, support the dream that she has to help other people with mental health issues, you know, send her a design. And make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review so I can create better content and reach out to more people that, you know, think the same as us. But anyways, this is another episode of Ohm signing out. I'll see you guys next week.